Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. For the fourth time in five weeks, welcome into a victory edition of another Dolphins Podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. We have everything you need to know as the Miami Dolphins handled the New York Giants 31-16. to But I can't do that alone. I need to welcome in Joshua Houts. Josh, happy Victory Monday, my friend. Yeah, man, these Victory Mondays feel much better on this side of it, right? I didn't like last week too much. I mean, it lingered throughout the entire week. But it's nice to be back here after, like you mentioned, a 31-16 win where we will have some things to, you know, talk about because it wasn't perfect. But I think that's what makes it so exciting that they just dismantled the Giants 31-16. So I'm doing great, man. Glad to be here talking Dolphins football with you on this Monday afternoon. How have you been, man? It's nice when you can put your feet up first thing in the morning. You're still getting the, you know, the the crusties out of your eyes, getting comfy on the couch, and you just see the like Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs sad. That always makes me feel a little better. I mean, sports, we like to keep it a little more professional. We got to be petty a little bit, right? You see the Jets, or excuse me, the Bills lose to begin the day. The Jets actually won, and all of a sudden, man, all eyes are on the Dolphins for that one o'clock game with an opportunity to take over the AFC East. It wasn't pretty, but man, was it fun. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, the Bills fans sad. You know, Jets fans are uh, sad, I believe, as well. And I just saw a meme from the Patriots. Oh no, fans. Jets fans are happy. They 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 beat Sean Payton. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, they're feeling good after that. I mean, we put seventy on them, so they shouldn't feel very good about that. But um, and then I just saw a New England meme showing that um, it was like you can kill the idea showing Matt Patricia, but not the idea or something like that or the man. And it was Bill Belichick. So they're down and out right now. So um, it feels good to be a Dolphins fan. And like you mentioned, man, we took over us. Uh, first place again did we not that's all you could ask for five weeks through the season the Miami Dolphins are in sole possession of first place in the AFC East and to start talking about this game you have to bring up the Buffalo game you have to see all right first loss of the season how's this team going to respond uh you see people on Twitter I won't mention any names Frank the Tank talking about how it was all a mirage and how this team is going to fail and it's going to implode that's really not what we saw from this team and the idea, the question everyone was wondering, hey, how's the soccer room going to uh, react? We see all of the quote from Xavier Howard, which kind of stood out and caught everyone's uh, attention. And he said, everybody in this building knows what the FI can do when talking about how he's not shadowing receivers. And then even after the Giants lost to the Dolphins, we had Connor Williams coming out. Excuse me, Mike McDaniel said that Connor was angry that the team lost. And he wasn't around to play. So you're hearing all these different things from different players that they were annoyed, angry. And we saw it used positively instead of, hey, here comes the spiraling out of control for the next four or five weeks. Yeah, and I think that was what was so impressive. I mean, we won't get – I mean, we'll eventually get into it. But they were – ish times, you know, two or throws a pick. You do think this thing could spiral out of the control like, you know, the same old Dolphins. But it just seems like this is a different team, right? They battled back. Loved hearing Mike McDaniel say that about Connor Williams because, let's be honest, that offensive line needs him in the lineup if, um you know, we want to go places that we, excite, uh, you know, expect. So it's awesome to hear that he – was down and out because he didn't make it. And Xavier Howard, I mean, that defense stepped up when we needed him to. We know that um, the Giants were without, what, three starting offensive linemen. They were without Saquon Barkley. But um, we wanted to see all eyes on that, you know, how everyone responded, but really how that defense responded after such a dreadful performance last week. It's hard not to start with talking about this Miami Dolphins offense. Most total yards through five games, the Dolphins in 2023 sit at 2,568 yards Joshua, that is 41 yards more than the Rams had the greatest show on turf. How much fun. I mean, 
we're homers. You mentioned it before the show. We can sit here and talk about how they're doing it. But before we talk about just flat out speed, how much fun is it just watching this flat out speed? Devon Achan taking a run to the left side. You snap your fingers. He's in the end zone. No matter where the Dolphins are, any spot in the field, this offense can score. And it's been such a treat to watch. Yeah, we joked that this was Mike McDaniel using um, Stephen Ross's credit card building Madden Ultimate Team, but um, I mean, it yeah. does feel like that, right, man? And then you just you just think about all the years you played Madden and how much speed killed, and how you love to use those outside runs, and how you love to use those crossing receivers and use that speed to take the top off. So um, he really is running a video game offense, and you're right, man. It's all about speed. I mean, you see. Um, I'll pull up the picture eventually, but you saw, you know, all the next gen stats, like the top seven ball carriers this year were Devon H. and, and Tyree Kill and Raheem Mostert, I believe, right? All seven of them. And uh, it just, I, I don't know, man. It's, it kind of seems unfair that, and I, I love it because it's just been so many years we've been waiting for this. So is it going to be called the greatest show on surf? I see a lot of people saying that. Is that what they're going with? Someone needs to come up with a better name than that, right? But, dude, most yards ever through uh, the first five games, that's insane. I think it says uh, most yards in franchise history through the air 1639 ever and then it's the fourth most rushing yards so um three 500 yard games this season already and uh five is the franchise record so they're doing unbelievable things and to think that they are what five po uh, three points away from uh breaking the all-time points scoring record in a game right they would have had the nfl record if they would have kicked that field goal um just wild man and we're into week five let's just cross our fingers it stays this way right those speeds, Tyreek Hill has the fastest speed, followed by uh, A-Chan, A-Chan, Hill, Mostert, Hill, A-Chan. So that's the fastest speeds in the NFL. A-Chan looks faster, though, right? Can we agree he looked like he could have – he was hawking him down on that uh, – that well, Tyreek Hill got tracked down from behind, but it looked like A-Chan was, like, jogging and he could have passed him if you wanted to, right? It's crazy. There are three plays we can bring up right away that just really highlight how fast this team is, right? There was that Tyree kill bomb down the right sideline where um, I guess Mike McDaniel called one play to uh, adjusted things at the line. And, and that's fun. It's good to talk about when it's positive, adds a little wrinkle to the story. Um, and then on the left side, we mentioned the A-chain run to the left side. And then Josh, what was it like a crossing pattern where Tyreek Hill took the ball on the right side? He started bursting down the left side and somehow, man, this should have been his second touchdown of the day, but instead he got caught from behind and people are acting like that might be a loss for this Miami Dolphins receiving core. You mentioned it. Devon A. Chain has been calling out Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's come out and saying he's washed. So man, are the Dolphins in trouble if Tyreek Hill is going to be caught like this? Not at all. That just means there's so much more speed, right? I mean, that just means that Devon Achan is that next level speed that you want. So it's just uh, crazy. But, dude, Tyreek Hill had, what, three plays over? Was it 60 yards? Am I correct? Uh, That's insane, man. Dude is absurd. Uh, eight catches, 181 yards, one touchdown. Um, you know, he wanted to get 2,000 yards. And, I mean, we all joke about it. But um, he could be on pace for that. I also ran down here. Dolphins are currently first in scoring offense with 36.2 points per game. Total offense, 513.6 yards per game. Yards per play, 8.3. Passing offense, 327. Rushing offense, 185. First downs and red zone offense. I did not realize I had that much written down. My bad. That's a lot. Holy crap, dude. How dare you take notes? You 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 just made every single teacher you ever had roll over in their grave. Oh, no. I studied too hard. I, I, I didn't take notes in school, though. That's the – I used to, like, write, like, Macbeth on my arms and stuff to try to remember. It was bad how it's bad. Can you believe that Tyreek Hill's average target was six yards down the field? He finished for eight for this would this is like the most cliche, like generic, like what everybody thought Tyreek Hill was going to be in Miami type game where it was just dink and dunk. But even then, they still played the effort. Tyreek's open down there somewhere at that big uh, passing touchdown. 
So overall, man, Tyree Kill went absolutely bananas. Eight for 181 in the touchdown. You mentioned it before the show. We're homers, and I got to do a better job at remembering that. And this is something I'm not trying to hate here. But when you look at how this offense was uh, operating throughout the day, I'm just going to run through some numbers here. Again, I'm not trying to hate. I just want to get your thoughts. Devon Achain caught his one target. Raheem Mostert caught both of his targets. Braxton Berrios, both of his targets. Sed Wilson caught all four of his targets for 52 yards. Shout out him. He had a great day. Tyree Kill caught eight of his nine targets. Joshua, there's one name. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Five receptions on 10 targets for 35 yards. What's your initial reaction? I mean, we wanted him to get more involved, and at least they tried it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I know that the one interception to Tua uh, that Tua threw in the end zone, you know, I think it was before the end of the half. Um, it was into triple coverage, basically. But I think that one was intended for Waddle, so there's that one. But um, he did make that awesome touchdown catch, right? I mean, okay. the first one of the game, Tua rolled to the left and threw it, you know, up high where only Waddle could grab it. He went up there and soared up there and used those hands that, you know, so many people have wanted to see. So, um, I'm, I'm liking that there's 10 targets, but, dude, only catching five of those, only getting him the ball that many times. I mean, try to figure out a better way, right? I mean, fabricate those targets if you have. And you mentioned said Wilson. I kind of – some of us kind of even forgot he was around, right, until you saw number 11 catch the ball, and you're like, oh, damn, okay, said Wilson's in this game. So um, shout out to everyone that just stepped up, and um, we're going to talk about Tua. I mean, he's still – what, is he leading the league in passing yards, I believe? But um, – you know, a lot of people were down on last week's performance. If anything, you know, you could be a little bit down on this one, right? I mean, he made some fantastic throws, stepped up when needed to, always bounces back great, but um, two very costly interceptions. And they were both to Waddle, thinking about it now. The one, he hesitated and threw it over his head, you know, behind him. So um, those right there, that was two targets that were, led to picks and were not Waddle's fault. So um, better days are ahead, and I think that's what's exciting when he can win 31-16. The only thing I could think of at that stat sheet is I go back to the, um, I don't know, I can't believe I referenced this so much, um, Merrick's son's Durham Smythe game where he had nine touchdowns in Madden. It just looked like they decided, like, hey, it's been five, four weeks. We haven't seen a bunch of Jalen Waddle. They had this excellent celebration plan where they used the football as like a, a, a crank to wind up the the penguin waddling toy which i thought was pretty cool uh but i think that was just kind of the idea that Tua wanted he saw how well this offense was playing and he thought tyreek's got his numbers let's get waddle his numbers and we kind of as fans think like that i know teams don't think think like that but what we see here i don't i don't blame waddle i don't even really blame the offense it's just hey sometimes when you force the ball issues occur and it's nice knowing that hey you can do that you can try to stuff the stat for your players and get that kind of slap on the wrist reminder like hey that's not necessarily how it works and have it not completely derail the game that's the coolest part knowing that Tua he threw a ball into the end zone I think his arm was actually hit two on on uh, one of the interceptions hey but he throws a pick six in the end zone goes back the entire other way that's the only touchdown the Giants scored Josh you mentioned it at the top about how different things feel this is an offense that hey no, I don't want to with throwing these two interceptions every week. But knowing that when you have a, an opponent that just isn't on the same playing field as you, that you can make those mix- mistakes and not for a second feel the littlest bit queasy unless you took the Dolphins covering the spread, that is such a refreshing feeling, man. And it's not something like, hey, just ignore the interceptions, but understand, hey, this these issues can happen. We don't have to overreact about them too, too much. Yeah, because, again, in years past, you know, everything was spiral out of control. Same way with some of these losses, right? You mentioned it, the bouncing back. How are they going to do it this week? Um, They were doing it throughout this game. So um, you just love to see it, I think. And it was just, again, a total team effort. And we're talking about the offense, praising them. Um, 
that that running game is insane, right, Jake? I had written down that um I love to bring up how there's always a thunder in that backfield. Raheem Moser at the end of this game, I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but he was just bullying dudes. Yeah, I tried to joke that uh you can't spar Mel- can't spell Marshawn Lynch without Raheem Mostert. Obviously, that's not true, but um, he was just bullying <laughs> dudes over. He's just bull- I was hoping people were like sitting there trying to think it and like realize <laughs> that letters weren't missing. But um, that entire backfield and Chris Brooks was even in that Alec Ingold role a little bit. We all see the clip going around Twitter where he's opening up holes. So um, you love to see it. I think Kendall Lamb, um, Isaiah Wynn, and um, someone else got involved on that big run over the left side that seventy six yarder, and it's just uh, a breath like of fresh air. He was all yeah. over the place. Yeah, awesome it's, it's just a breath of fresh air to finally see this offensive line and this run game, and it's just all to come together because, you know, um, they're playing in really good football right now. And the greatest thing about the rushing attack is that it's such a stabilizing force. It can really just calm down the offense when you have, I don't know, let me te- check the notes here, Devon Achan averaging 12 yards a carry. Jesus, 12 yards a carry is just bananas. You got Raheem Mostert at 6.5 yards per carry. As a team, the Dolphins averaged 9.7 yards per carry. Something that I thought was very interesting, Josh, snaps. Raheem Mostert is still out snapping Devon Achan, 32 to 26. A big reason why I don't think this is going to change is I think Raheem Mostert does a few more things in terms of pass coverage that I think is very important. And I think there are more scenarios where you can have Mostert be on the field when he's not involved as being the ball carrier. I'm not saying Achan can't do that, but being a rookie, I think when he's out there, you want to say, hey, you're fast. We know what you're good at. Let's not try to you know, put too much on your plate this early on, especially when you can, I don't know, checks notes, have 96 yards after contact. Yeah, and this is a little guy that a lot of people didn't th- know how he'd hold up right in the NFL, mm-hmm. and it's just insane, man. He's just playing out of his mind. I think um the first Dolphins running back to have, what, back-to-back-to-back 100-yard game since I believe it was Jay Ajayi, and then there was another stat that had him up there I, probably as a rookie uh, for the first player that, throughout his first three games or have back-to-back 100-yard games with a touchdown, and Barry Sanders is one of the names up there with him. So uh, dude's just playing insane, and it's just crazy. I know that we all saw the stat with – how many yards is it? You probably already said it uh, between him and Christian McCaffrey. Isn't it like 60? Oh, no. Okay. There's a stack going around where there's like a 60 yard difference between the two, but the gap in how many carries are like 50 or something more for McCaffrey. So it's just insane that uh, what Devon a chain's doing with such little touches. And to think that we ever, he most, I think uh, what eight touchdowns total and uh, Devon a chain, seven touchdowns total. I mean, this dolphins offense is just incredible. Um, I just hope it it never ends. The Cinderella story, I hope it never ends. But, and again, not trying to hate, but you do kind of put a star next to the three turnovers. Tua had two interceptions. A-Chan put the ball on the ground. Even Raheem Mostert had his third fumble in, in three weeks, in two weeks, I should say, but that one went out of bounds. All that said, though, I mean, man, this offense, especially at home, to say the Dolphins don't have a home field advantage is insane because you think about it. The Dolphins averaged 10.2 yards per play against the Broncos, 501 yards in total. They averaged 11.4 yards per play. They averaged more yards per play, Josh, against the Giants than they did when they scored 70 points. Through three quarters, the Dolphins were averaging 11.4 yards per play. You take away those turnovers, obviously turnovers, breaking news, change things. This is the same offense that scored 70 points back-to-back weeks. You're seeing what they can do in terms of beating up bad teams. Uh, That was Jeff Schwartz who put that out there, which is just, it's mind-boggling that you can go two straight games at home and just sustain this offense that is just record-breaking, world-defying, it's bananas. And one more stat I have, Josh, here. The Dolphins average 109 yards 
per game more than Philly. Philly is number two at 404 yards per game. The Panthers average 109 yards less than the Eagles per game. They're 24th in the league. The same gap from one to two is from two to 24th. That is just how insane this Dolphins offense is. And man, it's been such a treat to watch. Yeah, and we see them every week adding new wrinkles to things, right? I mean, it's just um, crazy that, you know, we don't even know what the limit is and where this thing could go. I mean, we just had Chase Claypool. I mean, don't get your expectations too high, but, you know, that's another guy that brings a different dynamic and some speed here. Um, before we move on to defense, Jake, I just have to ask your opinion on uh, the the offensive line. I know Isaiah Wynn got banged up, and uh, that was uh, – you hated to see that, especially with how well he's been playing. We didn't really get too, too much. It kind of looked like a stinger. I know he came back in the game, but, dude, generally speaking, this offensive line was awesome. I think Tua was sacked once. There was two quarterback hits. And, I mean, we knew going in, the, the Dolphins had the biggest point spread in the entire NFL. We weren't scared about this game, but if there was anything that could go wrong, it started with that Giants defensive front really just bothering Tua for four quarters and forcing him into mistakes. The Giants offensive or defensive front did just that, and it didn't even matter. So that just kind of adds to how impressive this offensive line has been. Josh, one question I have for you. Not only did uh, Sed Wilson have more targets and receptions than someone like Braxton Barrios, he actually outsnapped him. I don't think this is going to be happening every week, but can you tell me a little bit more just watching about this offense, right? It's Tyree Kill, it's Waddle, and then you have the running backs. All of a sudden, you have Sed Wilson get involved. You mentioned Chase Claypool is going to get in the mix. This team is showing off wrinkles, and they aren't done. There is so much more room for this group to grow, and you're seeing different guys get involved. Yeah, I'm wondering how much of that is Braxton Barrios. I know he was showing up on the injury report throughout the week, so they Good might point. just been, you know, taking him. Giving him an opportunity to rest and see what said Wilson. I mean, you're already paying him that much money. Let him go out there and make some plays. I mean, and it was, again, a little shocking seeing him make some plays. But he, um, again, understands the offense. And he's a veteran who wants to, you know, showcase at least his value. I mean, he's probably not going to be here past, uh, you know, next season maybe. So um, get Cedric Wilson involved. And that's just another wrinkle. I mean, at what point is he going to throw a pass, right? I mean, we know he's uh, QB3 on the um, – I guess he's QB4 now. But you know what I mean. He has the ability there. So um, I'm intrigued to see the way this whole thing goes about. Um, one more thing, to his 18-7 and seven, um, in his last 25 starts as the fourth best win percentage in the NFL. Um, and I want to ask you before we move on, Tyree Kill, best acquisition the Dolphins ever made. Um, that has to be true, right? I mean, he's just, it's just, you know, drafting players doesn't count. I mean, like a trade or a free agent signing, it has to be Tyreek Hill because he's just, he, he's incredible, man. I don't know that I've ever, you, you couldn't even imagine this type of player ever being on the Dolphins, right? Like ever. And that's just, every week he seems to surprise me. I'm just, I'm sorry. I had to, had to say it. How dare you get jazzed up about like one of the best receivers in history being on your favorite team? How dare you? No, man, it's just, you when you see the Dolphins trade for someone like Brandon Marshall, and then you see them go out and sign someone like a Mike Wallace, you start to get the idea of, I know I just made you almost cough up your water just saying both those names. But the, the point here is the Dolphins tried to get that number one wide receiver and you thought you knew what a, what number one wide receiver does. Brandon Marshall, he can move the sticks. You're going to throw the ball at him. He's going to catch it. You know, Mike Wallace is going to take the top off defenses and, and get you double digit touchdowns, believe it or not, even however ugly that was. Tyreek Hill, he's going to make every single defensive coordinator want to rip out every single hair they have on their head as they lose their mind trying to cover you. What we thought you were getting when you acquired a number one wide receiver and what the Dolphins got in Tyreek Hill, man, just trying to wrap your head around the differences has been so mind-blowing, and that's what makes it such a treat where it goes back to what you were just saying. Like, once in a while, you just want to rant about how awesome he is because it doesn't come around that often. 
Yeah, and they're putting up, again, video game numbers, and that's not even a slight against Jalen Waddle, who you can get equally as excited about. So it's just crazy how awesome this trade went down and just what this offense is morphing into. And, again, just not sure I ever really thought better days like this would happen. Um, did we say first start, 4-1 start since 2003? I had to throw that out there, too. Wild. And then you got the Panthers next week. This offense should really just keep on rolling. Um, I, I like the idea of another – they're face, They're in these stat stuffing weeks, right? Where we see, we saw a game what Raheem Mostert against soon. the Broncos. Eagles in two weeks. That's the game Eagles I'm going to, man. That's going to be a that's a Super Bowl preview right there. Oh, you are you are you officially going to that game? I officially got tickets. Yeah, they were. Let's not talk about the price, but where are you? Where <laughs> second are you, you second row behind the Dolphins. At least that's what the tickets say. So, dude, yeah, they might be you able to hear me yelling. Yeah, yeah, about there. Yeah, wow. They should be able to hear me yelling. Wow, you must. I just don't want to die. Those podcast guys must be paying you real well to get the seats like that, man. That sounds like a blast. Are you queasy about that yet? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I like it. I like it. Let's switch over, Josh. Let's talk about the defense because, weirdly enough, I'm not trying to be too hot takey here. I think Miami's defense was the star of Sunday's game. I think we really saw what this. On a surface level, what a Vic Fangio defense can do to opposing offenses, and that's just frustrate them and make it really hard to score points. Yeah, and I think I was ignorant. I think I DM'd you and said, you know, at one point that I, um, you know, it was kind of an under-the-radar performance. I didn't seem, like, too taken away by everything they did, and then even though they had seven – yeah, very. But then I went back and watched it a little bit. And you do see, I mean, it, Daniel Jones was in hell all day. I mean, this defense needed to bounce back. You know, we saw the weaknesses and what the Giants were coming out with. Um, we did mention Darren Waller having a big game. He did. Uh, he did. He was one of their lone bright spots out there. But just seeing everyone come together, seeing that pass rush equal seven sacks by six different Dolphin players. AVG is continuing to step up. And, you know, it's just Awesome CS defense. Hopefully get it all together because, you know, a few weeks from now, we should be getting our big big hitters back. You know, eventually uh, Jalen Ramsey's going to be added to this. You know, Eli Apple won't be out there having to make some plays, which he did have a nice bounce back week. You have to give him credit. And Cater Co. Uh, looked much more comfortable in the slot. And uh, I, I want to see J- Javon Holland and Deshaun Elliott always together, right? Um, let's make sure that's always happening. God, what a great combo those two have become. And what I saw to this Dolphins defense was the idea of just consistency. Every single play, we're going to make it so tough for you to walk down the field and score. You know, you mentioned it seven sacks. I think uh, they hit quarterbacks 14 times, 14 quarterback hits in the game. It might actually only be 11. Uh, my apologies. That should be something. No, no you're it right. is 14. 14. Yep. Got you. Got you. Awesome. But what was missing, and I think what made this uh, performance seem a little quiet, was that the Giants didn't turn the football over. They did not reach the end zone and they did not turn the football over, which kind of has you feeling like a little awkward because you don't really have these big like firework type plays from this Miami Dolphin defense. Well, think about this. You have Jalen Phillips and Jalen Ramsey coming back. Those are your playmakers. Those are how you create those turnover worthy plays in a game like this, where the Giants know they have three backup offensive linemen starting. They aren't going to air out the football. They're going to dink and dunk. They're going to look for the First guy they can see that is open and throw the ball. They aren't going to wait for things to develop or take shots down the field because the second you turn the ball all over, you are giving the Miami Dolphins offense another shot. So opposing teams are going to come into matchups with the Dolphins knowing that. And considering that, Josh, this defense still from minute one to minute 60, I mean, just torture this Giants offense all day, knowing that they are going to be as safe as possible with that ball. Yeah, they did in so many ways. You know, we mentioned Andrew Van Ginkle. I think he had what? Do you have two sacks? I know Zach Steeler was one all sack over. and a tackle one for sack. a loss. Okay, and a it pass was defended. 
it was Sealer that had the two sacks. And, yeah. I mean, he was just everywhere, man. And, I mean, I'm not to discredit anything that Christian Wilkins has done, but ever since Zach Sealer's got paid, I mean, you can now see why they paid him. You know, he's just been so disruptive. Christian Wilkins was in the backfield. I think David Long had one of his better games. But, like you said, I mean, they did all this without a Jalen Ramsey, a Jalen Phillips. I mean, late in the season, these teams are going to be trying to get a gauge on what the Miami Dolphins' defense is, and they're going to be watching tape that doesn't even have two of their best players in it, right? I mean, they didn't even get Brandon Jones acclimated. You hope that comes around. But um, to Vic Fangio's credit, we saw a lot more stunts. We saw more blitzing. We saw him, you know, try to be more disruptive, and it worked out. Again, you hope to see it moving forward because the Giants were vulnerable. But um, overall, man, awesome performance. And um, you know, every way you look at it, you, you just can praise the secondary, you know, the front seven, you can praise everyone in this one. And um, I saw a stat Jerome Baker at eight tackles. He now has a tackle in all 87 games that he's appeared in. I don't, I don't know if that's worth anything, but that sounded cool. The best abilities availability. So if he's out there and he's making tackles, you know, that's something to be happy about. And I don't want this to be like hitting the sides, but like keep a game like this in mind. When we talk about how the Dolphins defense doesn't win them games, Josh, the Giants scored one touchdown. It came out of pick six. The Giants scoring drives, 13 yards, four plays, and 10 yards. I want to look at two of those scoring drives because the four-play drive came when Tua threw a pick and the Dolphins gave up the ball at their own 23-yard line. The Giants were held to a field goal on that drive. The 10-play drive where the Giants also scored a field goal, the Dolphins were leading 31-13. to Ball ended up about the 50-yard line after a really bad Jake Bailey punt that only went about 20 yards. So not only did the D offense go three and out, but then the special teams didn't help out the defense by giving the Giants offense the ball at the 50-yard line. Started with an AVG sack right away. The defense started. Doesn't matter. You're getting the ball at the 50-yard line. We're going to punch you in the face. Of course, something we scouted ahead of time, and if you listen to another Dolphins podcast, you knew that Tyrod Taylor would run for nine yards on fourth and eight. You knew far in advance that we called that no problems asked. But then David Long, you mentioned it, how everyone was getting involved, a lot of different players. He had a st run stuff for uh, a one-yard loss, and then Sealer forces a 50-yard uh, field I'm a mess. Sealer sack forces a 51-yard field goal attempt. So, man, just seeing this Dolphins defense, they gave up. The Giants scored 16 points. 13 of them were given up by the offense. And I will argue that right here and now, just because you think about those two turnovers from Tua and how this defense still just stood strong time after time and just let the Giants do absolutely nothing. And we continue to see that throughout the season. I mean, there were other times in games earlier in the year where it was a similar situation. They weren't put in the best uh, situations and they went out there and, you know, made a stop, you know, forced a field goal, which I do want to take credit for that. I don't know if you saw it, Jake, but I tweeted out, hope this MF or shanks the F out of this or something. And he shanked that field Easy. goal. But <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, that that will probably never happen again. But um <laughs> But, but yeah, man, I mean, it's just nice that this defense showed up and showed out in so many different ways and to think about what's going to come. I mean, Bradley Chubb almost got a couple sacks. I mean, you love to see when he's almost, uh, you know, making plays. But um, in all seriousness, I, th I think this Dolphins defense has room to grow and they're going to get even better. And that's why, why other teams should be scary. But you're right, man, it's going to alter. The offense will win one week. Maybe we need a defense to step up the next week. And um, we just want to see it happen in those big games, like against the Bills and some of these other, the Eagles in a few weeks. You know, go out there and punch one of those teams in the mouth. Yeah, and that's why the Bills game was so surprising is because the, the idea of the Vic Fangio defense is if you're going to score points, and especially if you're going to score touchdowns, it's going to need to be these long scoring drives where you have to get first down after first down, maybe four or five. 
craziest sound, but maybe even six times before you score a touchdown, holding the Giants where, you know, two of the field goal drives are over 10 plays. And that's on top of the fact that two of those drives, two of the Giants, three drives started in plus territory is just such an impressive stat. Uh, Eli Apple deserves a few more flowers because he led the team with nine tackles. Uh, One pass defended. uh, He even had half a sack. AVG, you mentioned he had a tackle fair loss and a pass defended. He's going to be another fun one to watch, man, because we saw David Long Jr. step back and have a good game as well. So how does Miami get all these guys involved? You mentioned that Jerome Baker had a nice performance, eight tackles, one and a half sacks, two quarterback hits. If AVG is pushing for coverage time when Jalen Phillips comes back, I mean, great problem to have, man. But these pass rushers are, are going to be a, a wild race to watch the rest of the season. Yeah, and I even have written down Agba had one and a half sacks. So, I mean, it was literally everyone up there getting involved. And um, to your point, I guess if it were up to me, I think Jalen Phillips and AVG should be out there. But um, I think what Bradley Chubb does for those some of those other guys on the defensive line opens things up to them. So, like you mentioned, good problem to have. Figure it out, Vic Fangio. That's why we're paying you all that money. But – um, everyone was getting involved in this one. And I think Travis Wingfield said it. Uh, the Dolphins might lead the NFL, I believe. Um, don't quote me. I mean, I guess you can quote me on this. Uh, 43 quarterback hits, which, again, we were asking for more of a pass rush. Um, maybe it's been there and we're just not really noticing. Because, like we said, this kind of felt like an under-the-radar performance. But when you look at the numbers, I mean, 14 quarterback hits, zero touchdowns allowed from the defense, you know, uh, seven sacks. I mean, they went out there and um, they laid a lick into the, the New York Giants, and that's what we wanted to see. Josh, which stat sounds sounds better? Giants average 2.9 yards on the ground. Does that one or Giants running backs average two yards per carry on the ground? Which one do you like more? I guess two yards per carry. I like the two yards. I don't know. (laughs) Either way, I would say it doesn't mean anything without Saquon Barkley. Am I I rude for thinking that or uh, wrong for thinking that? I just like the 2.9 yards per carry because I go back to – Daniel Jones had a couple carries. I mentioned the Tyrod Taylor scramble for a first on fourth down. Damn mobile quarterbacks. The mobile quarterbacks, man, they are still getting to this Dolphins team, but the fact it was still just 2.9 yards per carry is pretty impressive. Um, Something I thought was surprising, pro football focus grades are not out yet, but PFF does have Miami as a top 12 team in terms of coverage, Josh. Does that surprise you? I guess I'm a little surprised by that. Yeah. A little bit. It it is a little surprising. You think about last week against Buffalo. You think about that Chargers game. Um, But I think, too, you you think about how high scoring these games are. You kind of lose track of the um, how well this team has been playing. And, and two, shout out Cater Co., who I I wish I had his stats. But, man, he came back. He was a tackling machine and definitely looked more like himself. let me see. Am I missing anyone else here? Eli Apple, that was such a big surprise. Xavier Howard had a strong performance. He's another one I really wanted to wait for the PFF grades because I thought he um, also had a couple bad plays and a couple good plays, a.k.a. the great Xavier Howard performance where the good outweighs the bad. Uh, but overall, man, just a strong, strong performance from this defense against a Giants team where you expect them to play this well. Yeah, and that's what – I mean, maybe that's why – you you know you look at this and at least at, during the game I'm sitting there thinking oh maybe I expected more because I just wanted to completely put the hurting on him but like you said man all season long they've been playing solid you know bend don't break type football and when you have an offense going out there and putting up points like they are I mean the perfect yin to the yang you just hope that they get better throughout the season when they add those key pieces and you hope to see like a rookie get involved right see more Cam Smith out there I don't know if he just doesn't understand the playbook as much you know they don't trust him over an Eli Apple 
um, which I guess now you can kind of say don't really trust Cater Kohu out there over at Eli Apple, right? I mean, he's probably better fitted in the nickel Kohu, but um, do want to see the way this defense shifts over the next few weeks because we know it's uh, a marathon, not a sprint. Is that is that the right saying? I think I did it right. Yeah, you, you actually nailed it, Josh. I'm super proud of you about that one. I don't know if I'm wording this the right way, Josh, but before we wrap up here, we do have the Carolina Panthers coming to Hard Rock Stadium next week and win this team. When you have situations like this, yeah, there are some, um, if we're playing, uh, what was the name, Mind, Minesweeper, where you just, I, I never could figure it out. You just would press a button and eventually there'd just be a bomb under you and you'd explode type thing. Such a random game. Was there any, like, I, I don't even understand how it worked. You, just, you randomly push the buttons, right? And eventually one would just explode you. It's going to be real depressing. Someone's going to send like a, a 300 character tweet at us about how stupid we are about not knowing how Minesweeper. But yeah, no, I could not I could never figure out the rhyme, the reasoning, because sometimes it'd be a yellow one I'd click on and it'd be a bomb. Sometimes it'd be red, it'd click on it, wouldn't be a bomb. What I'm trying to get at here is that I don't think the Panthers are a bomb game. The Eagles down the road, the Chiefs down the road might be bomb games. But you bring up like, hey, we want to see more out of Cam Smith. We want to see more out of these younger guys. This game against the Panthers, does it open an opportunity to maybe test some things? And if so, one, how weird is it seeing that the Dolphins can test things out in, in games like this? And two, who are some of those players you'd like to see get a shot against, you know, a, a rookie quarterback, someone like Bryce Young? You know, we're talking about the Panthers, and the first thing I get scared about is Bryce Young being able to run, right? God, I'm not nervous a little bit about that. But um, uh, is it cliche to say Cam, say Cam Smith again? I already said oh, Cam Smith. Um, Chase Claypool's a guy who you know probably doesn't have the playbook down too much, but you just get him out there for an end around or something, get his feet wet, you know, maybe take the top off the defense. Um, I guess I'd go with those two. I, I was going to continue, but I think those two would be the biggest. Maybe Chris Brooks, too. Give him some of those short yardage situations. I was a little drunk during the game, but I was like, run the G-damn ball on, on short yardage situations because it always feels like we're throwing it in those obvious situations. So get Chris Brooks a little bit involved there. So those will be the three guys. What about you, Jake? Man, I, I definitely want to piggyback on Cam Smith. I like the idea of maybe just, hey, go go cover Adam Thielen for four quarters. I think that's like a really nice learning experience. And the way this Dolphins – God, man, I sound like such a spoiled fan because I know every given Sunday, blah, 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 blah. But I feel like you could put Cam Smith and Adam Thielen as like a great learning experience and like bumper the entire defense around that to make sure he doesn't like lose you the game type thing. I might be overthinking it too much. That's one. And, and – with the safeties, man, there are a couple safeties that just remain kind of in the mix here, whether it's Brendan Jones. Uh, you still got um, a couple guys on the practice squad. So I just kind of like to see the depth chart kind of clean itself out a little bit there. Isn't Ethan Bonner, isn't he one of the safeties? And I, I right, is that, did I say his name right? I'm yep, a little bit nervous. Yeah, because Tyreek said he was like the second fastest player on the team. So, I mean. I, if dude? he's if he's that fast man like you gotta try to do something with him people are like posting pictures i'm like this is the guy you're talking about apparently so i hope at the end of the year when the dolphins do end up winning the super bowl they do have this race right we need to see it i want to see this whole race go down because there's so much speed on this roster and it's just a good time but back to the carolina game man you need to get that big lead you need to you know prove that this isn't a uh you know trap game everyone wants to call it but go out there lay a lick into him in the first i don't know why i keep saying lay a lick in. i don't know where i got that <laughs> overnight but you know take a big lead early in the in the in the first half and then come out in the second half and experiment with some of these guys and give them those reps. Cause you know, you might need cam Smith later in the season and just throwing them out there uh, forged by fire. Well, you know what I'm saying? If they, yeah, you just throwing them out there late in the year when you want them to play, you know, the best football when it counts most isn't really the best situation for a young guy like that. So I'd like to see some of these guys get some reps and chase Claypool. I know too, was talking about him pregame or uh, post game. So who knows, maybe they're going to start building some chemistry and he can 
rejuvenate his career, but you know, we'll see. The Miami Dolphins are officially four and one, and you better check your pulse if you're not fired up. We will be back throughout the week with some more Dolphins content as we prepare for the Carolina Panthers. But that is all we have for now. Thank you all so much for listening to another Dolphins podcast. We will talk to you next time, and most importantly, fins up. Enjoy the rest of your victory Monday. Fins up. Fins up.